It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Hartford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Hartford County and beyond. I'm co-host Leslie Greenlee-Smith from the Hartford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby. The Hartford Edge is brought to you each week by your Hartford County Public Library. Today, we'll be speaking with Sharon Lipford, Executive Director of Healthy Hartford, Inc., and Barry Klein, Public Health Manager for Healthy Hartford, Healthy Cecil. Okay, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Sharon Lipford, Executive Director of Healthy Hartford, Inc., and Barry Klein, Public Health Manager for Healthy Hartford, Healthy Cecil. Foundation 13th Annual Gala, La La Library, and Evening in the Stacks will be held Saturday, November 4th at 7 p.m. at the Abington Library. The Gala, Harford County Public Library Foundation's signature event, welcomes more than 600 guests each year and features an extensive menu of hors d'oeuvres and drinks, entertainment by mood swings, a live and silent auction. This year's theme, La La Library, focuses on the timeless and classic old Hollywood song and dance days. Sponsor which include tickets to the gala, are available starting at just $750. To purchase a sponsorship, contact Nina Depkin at D-E-P-K-I-N-N at hcplonline.org. Proceeds from the event will support a wide range of programs and resources, including new technologies, community outreach, and stream programs, an innovative new space, and collections that will offer customers of all ages the opportunity to explore, create, discuss, and learn. For more information about Lala Library, visit eveninginthestacks.org. Welcome back. I'm co-host Leslie Greenlee-Smith from the Hartford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby. And this is the Hartford Edge. We're delighted to have Sharon Lipford, Executive Director of Healthy Hartford, Inc., and Barry Klein, Public Health Manager for Healthy Hartford, Healthy Cecil. Welcome, Sharon and Barry, and thank you guys really so much for coming today. We're glad to have you here. Good morning. And thanks for hanging in there with us. Yeah. Um, I was a um, technical error on my part, I'll say. On that, so uh, the, the audio wasn't great in that first segment. We apologize, but the content was excellent. <laughs> uh, Barry Klein, uh, Healthy Harford Public Health Program Manager, um, uh, University of Southern Illinois, yeah. uh, uh, Smith College, mm-hmm. Southern Illinois, the Salukis. Yeah, nobody knows what that is, but yeah. <laughs> Do you know it? what? It's a dog, isn't it? It's an Egyptian dog. Yeah, and it, I think it comes from so S O. Lukey's, but but I know it because Wolf Frazier, okay. Clyde Frazier from the New York Knicks, one of the best uh, point guards in the history of the NBA, was a Saluki. Um, and um, you're um, you are um, a functional medicine health coach candidate, candidate yeah. with the Institute for Functional Medicine. Mm-hmm. You chair the Harford County Local Health Improvement Coalition for Obesity Prevention. You serve on the Harford County Bike and Pedestrian Advisory Board, the Tastewise Kids Advisory Board. And you're also a member of the Harford County Women's Giving Circle, which, by the way, another fantastic list of donees that just came out, I guess, a month or two ago. I always get annoyed a little bit that some of the entities that get money uh, that quite haven't earned it. But your list, um, and I know it's a great group over there, um, was just impeccable. And thank you so much for that. Sharon Lipford, you're the executive director of Healthy Harford. Uh, you, you are a University of Maryland person. You're a licensed clinical social worker with 28 years of experience. Uh, so they let you start when you were eight? Yes, I was, okay. I was nine. Okay. Yep. Uh, started the, in Baltimore City. Uh, okay. I worked my way up the beltway. 
<laughs> and you have Hartford County Local Health Improvement Coalition for uh, Behavioral Health Chair, and you're the Hartford County Public Library Foundation United Way Partnership Board, and you're also a member of the Hartford County Women's Giving Circle. We encourage so. everybody to become members of the Hartford mm -hmm. County Women's Giving Circle. Yeah, it's, yes, it's great. It's and it's, it is. It, now, you folks just started this, what, four or five years ago, and it's, mm -hmm. it's taken off so much. Yes. Mm -hmm. We uh, have donated over $250,000 in grants to community partners. That's wonderful. Fantastic. And wow. I, I think you should bottle your process, your vetting um, process and uh, et cetera, because it, 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 from what I know of it, uh, um, there's a lot of input. There's a lot of homework done, a lot of accountability, and really just uh, th uh, thanks from everyone and hats off yeah. to how you folks do it. Tell us about Healthy Hartford, and Sharon will let you start on that. Okay. What is Healthy Hartford? So Healthy Hartford, we are 28 years old. Um, the founding partners are Hartford County Health Department, Hartford County Government, and University of Maryland Upper Chesapeake. Uh, so 28 years ago, folks came together with the vision of creating Hartford County, helping us to become the healthiest community county in Maryland. And what is, what is the structure of Healthy Hartford? Is it um, it's a 501c3? It is. It's a nonprofit. Um, the idea behind uh, creating a nonprofit entity was to have an agnostic organization that could convene lots of community partners together with the purpose of focusing on health and wellness. So we have a, a wonderful board of directors. Um, the board chair is Lyle Sheldon with Upper Chesapeake. Um, our deputy director of the health department, Dr. Moy, he's the acting health officer. He is the co-chair of our board of directors. And lots of folks, lots of very committed members on our board of directors. Barbara Canavan, Dr. Rob Ryer. Um, Mary Hassler. Mary Hassler. Mm -hmm. Amber Schroeds. Yep, Amber Schroeds from Hartford County Government. So lots of very committed people come together uh, with the sole purpose of looking at health and wellness for the county. That Mary Hassler really is just... Lazy. She doesn't. She, she's not involved in anything. Never see her out. <laughs> Mary is her on Facebook. Awesome. She, she's one of those people where I think if you unzip the outside, like five people are going to walk <laughs> out. <you know? laughs> That's, true. That's a visual. Yeah, it is really true. Yeah. She, she has a Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman bracelets on. Yeah. yeah, and she's really passionate about everything she's involved in. Yes. Like she doesn't give half. She exactly. gives whole with yeah. everything she's involved in. Mm -hmm. So it's great. Mm -hmm. She's I know. been a long-time supporter of Healthy Hartford. She really has. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, and tell us about, um, we're going to start with, and maybe it's the hardest question, uh, but it's, it's, it's really important. It, it's it, intrinsically, it's just by definition it's difficult with things like kids' health and behavioral health and aging and uh, abuse and addiction issues, et cetera, to get all the agencies to play nice together. Um, um, and we want to talk that, talk also you about, about case management, helping people with their health case management as well, which is a, which is a huge challenge. Tell us how, you know, how you go about that. Because, you know, you have a school system, you have a county government, you have a health department, you have 
private agencies, you have corporations, um, and often with different bottom lines and different uh, motivations um, or metrics for measuring their performance. I know it's a tough question and it's very general, but how did, what are some of the, the strategies that you've used at um, Healthy Hartford to help uh, manage that and get folks together? So the starting point is to think about health in terms of mind, body, and spirit, that we approach it in a very holistic way. It's not about what you eat and exercise. It goes well beyond that. So we that's the starting point is to think of it, how can we help folks have a good quality of life? And that foundation resonates with everybody, regardless if you're in the business community or the hospital community or county government, everybody wants to live a good quality of life. So that's the starting point. Uh, the second, I guess, the strategy is looking for commonalities between different organizations and using that as the core to bring people together to convene people. We are here to encourage people to work together, not to compete. Okay, that's fantastic mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. that's got to be the hardest thing mm -hmm. in these cross-discipline uh, uh, efforts uh, with, with, with so many challenges and so many different uh, participants. Um, we're going to jump around a little bit here. Uh, you mentioned the high risk uh, and access to care, navigation and coordination. Um, uh, WATCH is the acronym, Wellness Action Teams of Cecil and Harford, which is community-based care teams uh, for people with complex health issues. Talk a little about that. So two years ago, um, a think tank group in Maryland called the HSCRC, the Health Services Cost Review Commission, took a look and monitors the data and how folks are coming to the emergency rooms. And what they found is that in Maryland, um, we were trending that lots of people were returning across the state to the hospital frequently. And they basically put the, uh, a charge out to local hospitals to say, we need you to come back and have creative ideas of how you can work together as hospital systems, but also work with your community partners to really improve the health and wellness of the folks that live in your community, particularly people with chronic illnesses. And when I say a chronic illness, think of a lifelong, um, very complex, medically ill person. So somebody perhaps that has congestive heart failure or very serious respiratory illnesses um, like COPD or diabetes that's complex or behavioral health. So that's what we're talking about. So the idea was for hospitals to come together and find a way to serve people with those complex illnesses in the community. So Upper Chesapeake partnered with Union Hospital in Cecil County and Healthy Hartford Healthy Cecil to develop a continuum of care. So what that looks like is as a person comes into the emergency room with a complex illness, they are treated and stabilized they then are referred to a high-risk clinic called the Comprehensive Care Center, which is located at Upper Chesapeake and at Union Hospital. There, the person receives very intensive support medically. Then they're referred to the WATCH program, Wellness Action Teams of Cecil and Harford. This is a team of nurses, social workers, community health workers, and a pharmacist 
who will go into the person's home for free and provide health and wellness coaching and then look at that person holistically to figure out what is going on with that person that perhaps impedes their ability to get well. So it might be they don't have transportation. They don't have the copay to pay their doctor to go see their primary care doctor. Mm -hmm. um, they don't have the ability to pick up their prescription medicine. They fall all the time because it turns out that they're taking two of the same medication with different names. This is this is one of the most valuable things and needed um, initiatives that I could think of because mm -hmm. um, we've all we all experience it and you know luckily uh, you know we have the resources and maybe some knowledge and some contacts and connections um, and the economic ability. Um, to process this mm -hmm. and, and, and manage it, but most people don't, and right. it's very it, it's very siloed. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of defensive practice of medicine being done. Uh, um, uh, it's just human nature. Um, you're n trying to coordinate maybe right. seven or eight um, different moving parts: economic, legal, right. uh, medical providers, uh, etc. And these people are just, it, they can get such a different outcome just because they're not prepared uh, relative to someone um, who, who, you know, has the resources. Can um, I give you an example? It. Sure. So we, last year, um, we started the program July of last year. So we've just finished our first year. And in the first year, we served over 1,200 people. Wow. Um, that is with the two comprehensive care centers and our watch program. The watch program, we served over 600 people in the community. And what we found is that nearly 50% of the folks that we see, they live alone, and they don't have a soul in the world that can help them. And it's it could be that families, because our mm -hmm. society, we're disconnected, and mm -hmm. kids live all over the country and all over the world, and we have good intentions, but our family structures have gotten much smaller. <clears throat> so let me give you an example <clears throat> how the WATCH program helped. There was a woman that lives in Harford County that she was returning to the emergency room frequent, frequently because of her diabetes. So her insulin was out of whack. And the WATCH team got involved, and by the third visit, they realized that she needed glasses. She couldn't see to take and draw up her insulin properly oh and was not taking it properly. So we helped her get a pair of glasses. She hasn't returned to the emergency room. So that very small, air quote, social intervention helped this woman regain her quality of life. That's great. Um, that, that's fantastic. Because with the Boys and Girls Club, we see it with, um, you know, a lot of the kids, and we're going to segue into uh, um, nutrition and, and, and other issues that it's a lot of, not life skills, but it's just general knowledge of things that are good and bad for you that most of us have, hasn't been inculcated most of us. I mean, when, when I was growing up, my mom thought if I had a rasher of bacon and uh, six eggs every morning, uh, it was great for me. And um, so um, this is so great about to, to, to see, and we're going to want to talk about uh, the advanced directives thing and nutrition and other things based upon 
providing this knowledge and guidance and education and awareness to people like makes huge differences not only in their lives but also in cost to taxpayers. Right. So uh, let's just break it down a little. Talk about the obesity awareness and nutritional awareness initiatives that you're involved in, Barry. So, you know, most of all the most of what Healthy Harvard Healthy Cecil does is part of a collective impact. So it's not just us working in a silo, it's us working with a lot of other entities within both both counties. And for the obesity piece, it's one of the the, the Local Health Improvement Coalition for Hartford County has chosen three health initiatives to target. Not that there aren't 27 that they could have picked or even more, but these are the three that have risen to the top that they need to address um, as a priority. And that is the behavioral health issue, obviously that's very front and center. The tobacco issue, the fact that we have a higher smoking rate than the Maryland average, and then the obesity rate. The obesity rate, we're very fortunate, is one that we've actually been able to do well with. And when, when I say well, it means we've been able to sustain our rate, it hasn't increased. So in public health, when you say things haven't gotten worse, that's actually a very positive thing, especially if it's been trending upward, upward for quite some time. Um, we're very lucky here that the schools are wonderful partners. Um, they really allow us to come in and do some wonderful programming with them. One of our signature pieces is the Days of Taste program, which again, you know, bringing that lens out a bit, looking at some of our community partners, it's TasteWise Kids out of Baltimore County. It's Sharifa Clark from Larapin Catering, who really um, is tremendously instrumental in bringing in the chefs and the farmers to this program. And it's the schools, it's people on the ground like Mary Beth Stapleton and Joe Harbert who are willing to work with us and, and get these programs going. And um, I'm gonna harp on this program a little bit because I do think it's so brilliant. It's a three-day program. It's one day a week for three consecutive weeks. The first day, a professional chef comes in and talks to the kids about where food comes from. Uh, we are an agricultural community, and yet a lot of children have never visited a farm here, other than a corn maze. Corn maze, um, very popular. <laughs> but um, so it really talks about where food comes from. Where do you get tomatoes in the middle of the winter? You know, where does your wheat come from? Uh, then it talks about the five, well, it talks about the four senses of taste, and it has powders, and the kids taste these little powders to give them a sense of what the different tastes are. And the reason they use these powder, powders is because they don't want the kids to be intimidated by food by immediately saying, oh, I don't like that, or oh, that looks mm. disgusting. So mm. powders are very neutral. So it's sweet, sour, salty, and bitter. And, you know, the, the kids that don't listen get weeded out really quick because you tell them not to take a big bite and it's, you know, salt and they just, you know, chugged back a big, then they're very calm and then they don't do that for the rest of it. But then the next thing the chef does is then they bring around a plate that mimics those exact four um, senses of taste and the kids taste all of those individually. But then the chef has them combine tastes and really get the idea of how combining tastes um, make food taste completely different. And the reason why that's such an important piece is that's the genesis of cooking. So what they're really doing is they're teaching children how to cook. And we really, we feel that that's been lost mm -hmm. in the current generation. The next day, uh, the next lesson is they go to visit an actual farm in Hartford County. They see where food's grown. And um, a lot of kids are very surprised that there's dirt on food. They're really <laughs> weird about that. Um, they taste all different kinds of greens for kids that have only had iceberg lettuce to taste this vast array of greens and find out they really like it um, is amazing. And uh, the fact that you could eat flowers always weirds them out. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really interesting. 
Um, and of course the idea, my favorite is when Farmer Tommy from Third Way Farm always says, who loves bacon? And they all raise their hands and then he shows them the pigs and they're uh, just mortified. They're uh -huh. absolutely mortified. We had one little boy that says, oh, don't say that in front of the pigs. <laughs> um, and then the third day the chef comes back and teaches the kid how to make a high <coughs> gourmet salad as well as the salad dressing from scratch. So it teaches them things like emulsification and you know, how the, the sweet of the honey goes with the sour of the apple cider vinegar. And, you know, the kids are just transformed. And then for some of the low-income schools, we've been very um, fortunate through uh, donor donations that we can actually send a salad kit home to the kids. And so part of this is not just eating well. It's opening up farming as an occupational um, option. It's opening up being in food service as an occupational option. And we try to have... Um, farmers that are maybe, or chefs that are minorities or women, to, to model this for kids is, you can be this too, and it's pretty exciting. And I imagine it helps connect the kids to the food and give them a little bit of ownership because we, we all grew up, uh, you know, not really being connected at all to what we're eating. Mm -hmm. And there's food deserts in Hartford County, and there's transportation issues and um, supervision issues that kids have, have no clue what they're putting in their mouths and what it does to them. Um, so I, that really, it makes it a little more tactile and makes them at least aware of it. Right. And, and partnerships like with the Boys and Girls Club, where they actually are, they have community gardens. Oh, I, my back still hurts from yeah. sho <laughs> shoveling dirt yeah. into those 44 yeah. Uh, yeah. plots yeah. of, of uh, <laughs> up at Aberdeen. Yeah, so now they're actually partnering with that local elementary school, Hall's Crossroads, on the corner, and Hall's Crossroad parents are, are renting plots at that community garden. So it's oh, all we kind finally of got water. Together. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> hard, yeah. Uh, well, that's great. <clears throat> Let's go on to um, something else um, about connecting resources and that make it. it, it uh, Project Homeless Connect, which with it, which is a great partnership mm -hmm. led by United Way, and I'm, uh, I know you folks are big uh, participants in it, and I'm always stunned to hear the numbers mm -hmm. about people that had teeth pulled that have never, haven't seen a dentist in 15 years, and uh, right. just get, getting a haircut and all the things that they don't have the transportation, they don't have the funds, they don't have the knowledge, to basic. Uh, components of living well and being comfortable. Uh, talk a little bit about that. And what is that? February or January? January. Yeah, January twenty fourth. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so it is. It's a collection of of over fifty community partners that come together to help provide a day of service to people to come in to get whatever services they need to improve their life. Um, and as you said, it could be haircut, dental, connection to BGE to help resolve a, a previous outstanding bill um, to get on a budget plan. It could be to get ID. Um, we, Healthy Hartford, we work very closely with HealthLink, um, Upper Chesapeake um, HealthLink, to provide basic screening and health and outreach um, for folks. And Healthy Hartford conducts depression screening. That's oftentimes, mental health is oftentimes overlooked as a basic screening for, for folks. Um, yes, and we always, uh, it, again, it's something that often gets ignored. Again, people uh, feel like it can be 
a no-touch area because of so, uh, you know, liberty issues and stigma, yeah. stigma, privacy issues, etc. But right. uh, these people are allowed to languish in their pain and whatever else is festering regarding danger to themselves or others. So right, and one in five people over the course of our lifetimes will experience a major depression. So it's. And depression, it's not just about being sad. It's about this sustained period of lack of concentration and disturbances in how you sleep and eating and your relationships. And it, it goes on for at least two weeks or longer. So it's not just feeling blue or feeling sad or not having a good day. So one in five of us wow. over the course of our lifetime. That's a lot. So um, if there was another person here, and yes, and if I know somebody is, but it has to. I bet you it's even more than one in five when you think about those things that can be debilitating even on a short-term basis. And people, it's just like with the um, uh, addiction issues now. Uh, one of the unintended good consequences, uh, uh, if you can't say good, of the fact that it's just off the charts the number of overdoses and deaths from overdoses but it's really brought the awareness up where everyone is engaged now where you know four years ago everyone wrote it off as the other side of the tracks issue sure. that's right and you know a lot of people in communities like even they were afraid to talk about it they didn't want to admit that it was going on in their family or their community because there was a stigma Attached, which is like you're talking with depression, right. and that only made it, that only delayed any kind of real constructive uh, discussions or solutions about it. So well, I think that's very, so important. Yeah, people feel very isolated, and you're right. <clears throat> um, it's the stigma, and you feel alone and ashamed, and so you tend to not want to share that you had this issue going on, mm -hmm. but. Think about it or compare it to somebody that perhaps has heart disease or cancer. We have a color. You know, there are ribbons that have colors that, that pink is cancer and October is Cancer Awareness Month. And um, purple is for pancreatic cancer. We don't talk about addiction and mental health in terms of having a, a ribbon and really flying that banner to raise awareness. Well, that's great. Yep. Um, so Project Healthy Connect, Project Homeless Connect is one way to really, again, mind, body, spirit, thinking holistically about how can we help our community members and neighbors that live here. And now Project Healthy Connect. Project Healthy Connect. Um, the idea is taking health care to disconnected, disenfranchised communities because there are folks in Hartford and Cecil County that don't have transportation and don't have the ability to get out and get their basic health screenings. So again, we're taking health care to them. And this is in partnership under the leadership of Vicki Bands through University of Maryland Upper Chesapeake with HealthLink. Um, so the idea is to take the, the bus out into communities that are siloed and bring basic health screenings um, as well as an opportunity to connect to community resources, such as the United Way 211 for a resource specialist, for Hartford Community Action Agency, for lots of our partners to come together to provide that basic support to the person. Um, by the way, go to uh, HCCA, Hartford Community Action Agency's website, 
their stocks are still depleted because they have given so much to um, areas affected by our hur- the hurricanes uh, over the past two months. So go to their website and drop off some food. Or go to the, li- the library um, collection still open, or the, did that end? The that library ended. did a great job. Oh, my God. <clears throat> it was unprecedented. We gathered so much food. The community really jumped on board with this. Yeah, and that uh, mm-hmm. Char Hope, the folks at Char mm-hmm. Hope, Sandy Galley oh, yeah. and Derek and Myra Derbyshire, who is the program director, because uh, they get a, a lot of their meals mm-hmm. from HCAA, mm-hmm. and they took it upon themselves to help HCAA replenish that, and that's how mm-hmm. the library got involved. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's just great. Uh, and let's talk about other things where – Bringing the resources to folks, which is so important because um, the advanced directives, and I know the um, Bar Foundation, the Bar Foundation and other entities, Office on Aging has done a lot here. Um, and because, again, you can't tell someone in, 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 in a townhome community in Edgewood, come to Bel Air for this session because they have to change buses three times and mm-hmm. – uh, they're not. It's, they're going to have to miss work. I mean, they're going to not going to miss work. So, bringing the, the, this knowledge to folks, and let's talk about advanced directives. So, a lot of people don't know what the term advanced directives means, and really, what they are, are end of life documents. Uh, they are the three. The three sections of the advanced directives are naming a health proxy. So, who's going to make those health decisions for you when you're incapacitated? A living will, which basically outlines how you want to be treated in the hospital. And then the third piece being uh, what do you want um, after death, what what remains type, um, you know, plans do you have. The advantage of this is that people assume that, um, first off, if they make these documents, that they're going to die. But mm-hmm. the sad part is, is the inevitability is that everybody is going to pass at some point. So what we really want people to feel is empowered to make the decisions as to how they want their final days to look in advance. And what we have found and what's been proven statistically is that if people have had these conversations within their families and they've sort of worked things out beforehand, before you know, right when everybody's healthy and well, that there's far less stress for people when the inevitability of someone passing comes about. When you talk to people that have been through this experience and they've had advanced directives, it, it was a positive experience. The passing was peaceful and mindful and spiritual for them. For those people who are thrust into it without these documents, um, a lot of times it is incredibly stressful. It's been documented that this is probably one of the most stressful times ever for a family. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a service, we go out in the community. We partner with um, Chaplain Alan Siegel from Upper Chesapeake. He is a wonderful partner because not only is he a spiritual person, but he is also a nurse. He is also an EMT. He has spent his adult life at the bedside of people during this transition. And he really gives a wonderful perspective as to how positive things can be in a very stressful situation if you have these things in place. So we host these really at people's request. So if there's a community organization or a, or a church that is interested in hosting an advanced directive seminar, they can just contact Healthy Hartford and we will set that up. Um, how, do we, how do they contact Healthy Hartford? HealthyHartford.org is one. Correct. Um, they can just do info at HealthyHartford.org um, and um, 
somebody will answer their email. If they go to our website at uh, www.healthyhartford.org, our contact information is there, phone number, email, whichever they're more comfortable with. I have a little experience with this helping out some initiatives. And um, what often uh, moves the needle for these folks is to paint them a scenario of what happens if they pass, Mm -hmm. what they've thrust their family and loved ones into. conflicts that can occur, yeah. bewilderment, uh, because you see folks that are, they're angry, they're lonely, they, they, they're trying to figure out uh, what the wishes of their loved one was, mm-hmm. then they often project their own greed on to what mm-hmm. they think. And they don't agree. You know, yes. People don't understand that in the order of surrogacy in Maryland, if it comes down to children, everybody has to agree. And, you know, usually people don't agree in good times. They're certainly not going to agree during stressful times. And the lawyers are happy to take their money Mm -hmm. while they fight it out, and the the estate dwindles. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is great. HealthyHarford.org on that. Um, And um, talk about some of the other, the partnerships that you seem to have and and, and nurture uh, as far as faith-based organizations, et cetera. So um, a lot of faith organizations have health ministries, but they're usually, um, they do projects, a lot of projects. And so what we're trying to do is um, we offer a service, whereas if they're interested in organizing their faith-based ministry to be, um, um, I don't know how to say, so to just, to, just to put some sort of construct around it so that they don't feel like they're burning out the five wonderful people who are always doing all the work, that we will work with them to help put their health ministry into a context of um, like organizational theory. You know, here are your strategies, here are your initiatives, here are your action plans, who's responsible. A lot of times organizations want to have that. They just don't have the time or they don't have that neutral third party to come in and help them do that. So we try to overlay that level and then we give them suggestions and partners and links within the community to help them meet those goals and strategies. Okay. On, on that note, um, combining uh, aging and nutrition, um, is there a certain type of food that can improve one's memory? I'm asking for a friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there isn't one particular kind of food, but there is a diet out that people can research called a mitochondrial diet. And um, oh, it's, it's, biology. What yeah, are it's not it's not uncommon, and um, really, it does help with memory and aging and 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 so many other things. But it all comes down to the basics of eating whole foods and eating lots of fruits and vegetables. You know, there'll be the paleo people who want you to eat animal proteins. There'll be the vegan protein people who want you to eat vegetable proteins. They're all sort of variations on a theme, but the the. All, the, all of them have as commonality is getting away from the processed foods, the high sugar, the high salt, the, the white flours, those kind of things. But, yes, yeah, specifically for memory, um, I would say look up that mitochondrial diet. Okay. Next question. Is there a food that can improve one's memory? <laughs> I'm, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't yeah. resist. <laughs> Let's stay on nutrition. Uh, uh, and healthy eating on that front. Um, I, you know, we all have issues. I've, um, my doctor has asked me to limit my, and I'm not going to tell you details. So yeah, hate there's people, and 
you have you know they're dying to tell you details of their health issues like details and you know they're trying to and you have to go through all this conversational contortions to not let them get to it like uh, you know oh i uh, the hard boiled oh i had a boil lanced yesterday or <laughs> want to see a sonogram of my uh, you know fistula whatever that is but i have to limit my She's asked me to limit my sodium intake to less than 2,000 milligrams a day. Mm-hmm. Now, shame on me, but uh, I, I had no idea how much sodium mm-hmm. is in prepared foods. It's like off the charts. It is off the charts. I, I figured, let me have a, you know, a chunky chicken noodle soup mm-hmm. um, because, you know, it's chicken mm-hmm. and it's chicken soup. But, I mean, it's like... 3,000 milligrams, and even I bought a, a can of green beans. Uh, if it's in the can, it's it's processed with, uh, with so much sodium. And um, what, a, what do you advise as far as people? And same thing with sugar, right? You know, I would, she wanted me to limit my sugar. Um, so I thought, you know, I said, oh, well, that's great. I had three bowls of cornflake with skim milk. And she said, that cornflake. Cornflakes had converted into sugar before they, they hit your stomach, yeah. pretty and much. And then the skim milk compounded it because it was skim milk. As right. To, yeah, 2%, sure. Um, so salt is a preservative. We all know that. So whenever you have something that needs to sit on the shelf for any length of time, the fact that it's going to have a lot of salt in it just makes sense. So trying not to eat things that have sat on a shelf or are made to sit on a shelf for any length of time is probably your your first defense. Um, with the canned vegetables, I mean, that's simple. We just tell people to rinse them. So they're sitting in that salty brine, just rinse it off. Okay. And definitely lower it. As far as the soup's concerned, um, going back to that days of taste thing, making soup is the easiest thing ever. So the best thing to do is just make a big pot of soup and freeze it. You know, just throw some in, in different um, plastic containers, Ziploc bags, mason jars, whatever you prefer. And just freeze it, and that way you'll always have fresh homemade soups. Well, people who know me are going to be shocked to hear this, but I make now I make a great pinto bean and brown rice soup um, that um, has no salt. Um, you know, I sauté some uh, some vegetables mm-hmm. in in olive oil, and I you know people who know me, yeah. like you know when when I lived in New York before I got married. Uh, a buddy and I shared a duplex for three years, and we turned on our stove twice. Yeah, the old New York adage of storing your sweaters yeah. in this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and let's have you know, pizza Hurry every on, night on. and go out and buy a roll of toilet paper for yeah. four ninety nine. And um, so, it as far as get people getting close to their their food, the whole thing you're talking about, them being made aware, um, and this is for everybody. Um, I'm supposed to have a late-night snack of complex carbohydrates, such why, as. Why did why did they say you needed needed up? They said uh, they didn't want me to engage in prolonged fasting. Okay. And I said, and I also, I like to have something before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't do the jelly beans in the the night table drawer anymore. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, complex carbohydrate. Give us some examples. So, if you're not restricted with your grains, I mean, everyone always thinks of cookies as a treat. 
The reality is, is you can make very healthy cookies or very healthy bars. And the reason I'm saying cookies and bars is because if you're in bed and you don't feel like getting up again, it, it's a dry thing that's not going to necessarily go bad. But I would say you can definitely find recipes online and, uh, and um, just cut the sugar. You can cut the sugar in any recipe by a third and it won't even change the taste. And definitely, you know, the salt in, in any sort of those bar things would be minuscule. So think about putting a protein source in there, so maybe a nut that'll sustain insulin levels as well. And a complex carb, instead of using a flour, use something like an, a whole oats and then a binding agent. So they're actually like a little, what we call power balls or cookies or something like that, that you can just take one or two, again, portion control, you know, one or two up and that'll keep your insulin levels level. Okay. Um, no, this is, this is helpful. And again, healthyharper.org, because all those things that we all face and we have questions about, either we have a loved one on the advanced directives or us really not knowing much about what we're putting in our body and et cetera. Um, and talking about the resources uh, that are available, there's a few upcoming events uh, that we want people to know about. Um, the Hartford County Local Health Improvement Coalition Annual Meeting is on October 26th at 8 a.m. <clears throat> from 8 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. at Hartford Community College. Tell us a little about that. Uh, we didn't, we've mentioned the LHIC, the Local Health Improvement Coalition, but talk to us a little bit about that and what the annual meeting is. So um, the Maryland Department of Health basically said to each county, really focus as a collaborative on whatever health issues affect your particular county and that's the local health improvement coalition anyone who is interested is invited to this event it is hosted by the health department so the acting health officer dr russ moy will give an update on harford county health statistics which if you don't if you're not familiar with the statistics it's worth coming just for that because they really are not what most people perceive they're they're very interesting and he's a, a wonderful speaker and then um anyone who attends will have It'll be a participatory meeting in that people will actually sit together and try to define the health priorities for the next three years. So it, it's it's definitely worth attending if you're at all interested in public health. Okay. And they could find more about that um, by calling 410-877-1030 um, um, or emailing Mallory.Kanami. Kanami at maryland.gov. That's M A L L O R Y dot C A N A M I at maryland.gov. Um, Upper Chesapeake Health Mobile Van will provide free health screenings the fourth Tuesday of every month from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. in the Macy's parking lot of Harford Mall. And what kind of screenings and um, uh, do people have to register for that or just um, um, show just, up just, yeah, show, just up. show up and mm -hmm. it's an opportunity for folks for folks to have their blood pressure checked um, to complete an a1c so to check their um, if they're at risk for diabetes um, they can get a colon screening um, cholesterol cholesterol and um, sleep apnea. Yeah. Some of the screenings are, are written screenings to basically see if you're at risk for something that you would require you to go get um, a more physical screening. But the, the standard ones, the, the cholesterol, the blood pressure, the body fat analysis, mm -hmm. um, is, is 
right there. Um, and that the next one is October 24th, Macy's parking lot, um, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. <clears throat> and for people that either, for whatever reason, uh, have been putting off um, uh, an appointment with their primary care uh, physician, uh, this is uh, this could save your life. Um, it, and it, it makes such a difference. So, again, Macy's parking lot, Harford Mall, October twenty fourth, um, at four from four p.m. to seven p.m. Upper Chesapeake Health Mobile Van. Uh, the next advanced directive seminar is on October eighteenth, from twelve thirty to two p.m. Tell us, uh, you you talked about that briefly. Sharon, um, it's it's. Um, let's just talk about where it's going to be. Um, this is uh, where is it going to be? By the way, I believe this one is at the McFall Center. It okay. will it will be on our website event page. Okay, okay excellent. And that's at Healthy Harford, or um, it's um, this class is going to be led by the Office on Aging. Okay. Yep. So uh, that, that would be Lisa Anderson, L.J. Anderson at HartfordCountyMD.gov. Right, and they have a partnership with the Bar Association, so they're also able to offer some legal advice as well. Oh, wow. That's nice. Yeah, which is, again, it's, this, is, this is heavy lifting for anyone, but people who were, you know, maybe ill or... Uh, nervous or afraid or whatever um it's even harder so this is such a great a great resources great resource um what we're going to do uh we'll take a quick break leslie i know you have to uh a lot to talk about uh, what's coming up at the um the library yes. so we'll go to a quick break and we will be right back Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox and both Apple and Windows computers, all to help create your electronic video, audio publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. You're listening to WAMD 970 Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Ed. I'm co-host Leslie Greenlee-Smith from the Harford County Public Library. We have Comic-Con coming up on Saturday, October 21st at the Bel Air Library from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And if you guys have been watching the news, it's Comic-Con season everywhere. Um, This is a really special event for us. We moved it to Bel Air this year because it has grown, it outgrew the Aberdeen branch, which is where it started. So it's pretty much an all-day event. It's for all ages. Um, It's an opportunity for everyone to get their geek on. 
it's our seventh annual Comic Con. Um, we're going to take over the entire Bel Air, li Bel Air Library with. Oh, I ops. really did too. Know. <laughs> Gosh. With photo ops, board games, Dungeons and Dragons, crafts, sewing tutorials, uh, trivia, discussion panels. We'll have virtual reality and a lot more. Um, if you come dressed up, you can uh, enter for a chance to win our costume contest. We're doing something a little special this year. Um, we have a lot of stations throughout the library, and all attendees will have an opportunity to earn tickets by participating at these event stations, and then they can trade them in for prizes throughout the day. So it's a really, really fun day, and we are really um, getting fired up about it at the library. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. Um, uh, I don't. You must have. What is the staff at the library like? Four thousand people. Yes. Everything you guys are doing. <laughs> yes. Yes, and you know, a lot of staff from other library branches and from Riverside, our main office, go to Comic Con because it's so much fun. They dress up. You know, Mary, she hates to dress up. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I just noticed that that's her face on that Outlander. Yeah, oh, you picture. did? Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. People call me and they go, Is that Mary's face? And I'm like, Yes! I've been looking at it all month and I just noticed <laughs> <watched> it. <laughs> Um, we also have a pretty interesting event coming up at our Joppa Library on Saturday, October 14th from 1 to 4 p.m. It's called Empower, and it's for girls in grades 6 to 12, and it's really a day of workshops designed to empower and uplift these young women. Um, it includes lunch, and we're going to have a couple really amazing guest speakers. Suzanne Green, who's the VP, District Oper VP of District Operations at the Y Central Maryland, We'll be talking about leadership and leadership skills. Grace Callwood, um, who is the founder of We Can Serve, is going to present a seminar. That's another lazy chick. I know. I mean, geez. <laughs> um, she's going to do a short testimonial about what inspired her to start this organization and how she has grown up with it. Um, so that I think that will be very meaningful for the girls there because mm -hmm. she's their peer. Um <laughs> And then we're going to have Liz Leone Monti, um, Financial Education Director at APGFCU, and she's going to talk about financial literacy, which I think is really important for young children. Definitely. Um, because, oh gosh, they it's such an important part of your future and your foundation, and people don't talk about finances to children. Mm -hmm. So I think that'll really be in, uh, a very well-attended um, event as well. And this whole event is funded by our Joppa Friends of Harford County Public Library. Registration is required. You can do that on hcplonline.org. Um, and I do want to shout out to all of our friends groups at all of our branches. They are so integral to what we do at the library. They raise funds that help us with summer reading challenge. Um, you know, we give a book away, amongst other things, to every child in the program. And this year we had over 16,000, and they help fund so much of that. So they are wonderful, wonderful uh, supporters of all of our library branches. And then if you haven't been yet, the Artifacts of Outlander exhibit is at the Bel Air Library um, through December 1st. And the exhibit is inspired um, by how real 18th century colonial area, era artifacts, Bob, from Maryland compared to the Outlander television series on stars. I'm going to um, skip the, uh, the tongue twister segment <laughs> I have planned. Thank you. <laughs> I think I'm already doing it. 
Um, and again, you can visit hcplonline.org for um, all the programs and events that we have going on that correlate with this Artifacts of Outlander exhibit. Um, and then something new at the libraries that I like to talk about is we have now have mobile printing, which is new for us. Um, with this new service, you can use your personal computer or mobile device to print to the library's printers from anywhere. So you just simply submit your document for printing and come to the library, um, go up to the counter and pick up your documents using your library card. And the cost remains the same, 25 cents a page. So you have to download an app and obviously do that. But that has been amazingly popular for us. People who have to print out term papers or job applications, they do it at the library because they know it's nice paper and we'll have solid ink. Great service. Yeah. It that really is, nice. is. It really is. Yeah. So that's some of the things going on in the library. Is that week. all? I know. <laughs> Fantastic. We need to grab out our Momo costumes, Sharon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we expect to see you on the 21st. Yeah. yeah. Well, I go to the library now. A lot of times, uh, uh, if I need to have a business meeting uh, with one of my clients, we just decide to meet at the library. There's always some place to find. You can sit and talk quietly. Um, and it's just great. Um, well, thank you. That's true. And we, I got to... Play in Schooner Cove for 15 oh, minutes at the Hammer to Grace fun. Library last week. That library is so beautiful. Isn't it, it is. Mm. It's like um, a retreat. It is. Oh, it really fantastic. is. Can you imagine as a child growing up and that's your library? Yeah. You go to other libraries, you'll be like, what is this? <laughs> I hear the bench on the um, terrace, the second floor terrace overlooking the street, is the coveted spot. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> that's for yes. sure. Yeah. Uh, that, which is, you know, it's just. and. Everybody is trained so well. It's so customer service oriented. Thank uh, you. Really hats off to the whole the whole team. But I always told Mary she's one of the best executives uh, really in is. the area. Um, so and that proves itself every day. Um, okay, we're gonna we have about five minutes. We're just gonna do one observation, then just some really really unrelated. Con- uh, stream of consciousness, funny things. <clears throat> um, couldn't help but take note that, that Harvey Weinstein, in his 2015 contract with Harvey Weinstein Companies, has a clause in it that says, if there's any settlements for sexual harassment or um, anything like that, he will pay the company back for the settlements. And the second clause is the first incident, <clears throat> he will pay the company a fine of 250000 The second incident, he'll pay a $500,000 fine to the company. The third, he'll pay a $750,000 fine. And the fourth and all additional, he'll pay a million per incident. Wow. So this is contemplated. Right. And signed off on by the board of Weinstein Companies. Um, it's mind-boggling, it uh, but it's not. So, And someone sent me the uh, Seth MacFarlane, who can be a, is a Cretan in his own right, but um, when he was announcing the Best Actress yeah. Award at the mm-hmm. Oscars in 2013, he announced their five names, and they show a close-up of them all sitting in their seats, and then they go back to him, and they have a little uh, inset screen of their five 
mm-hmm. the, their five pictures. And Seth Marlin, before he announced the winner, said, congratulations, ladies. Now the five of you no longer need to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> on really? national TV. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know, it's sad that things <laughs> go on. It just it was not a secret. No. No, and it's in mm-hmm. it's in sports. It's mm-hmm. in the military. I always mm-hmm. talk to um, uh, Louisa uh, uh, from Sark about mm-hmm. this. There is a great piece by a gentleman named Jackson Katz, mm-hmm. um, and he's uh, actually consulting to the NCAA and the professional sports leagues and the military. Um, and it's basically it's twenty minutes, and everyone should watch it. Jackson Katz. Um, and he starts with the premise that um, uh, male violence, people just say it's a women's issue. It's not a women's issue. It's, it's immediately letting the male who's committing yep. the violence off the hook. Mm-hmm. But, sure. you know, uh, and he t- talks about this whole progression. John hit Mary, and it, just, it becomes, you know, Mary got hit by John. Then... Um, uh, and it ends up with uh, Mary is a battered woman, and John is no longer in the picture at all in the yeah. scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about uh, you know the leadership that's needed because there's such a, a wink and a nod, and boys will be boys, and people that all of us pretend mm-hmm. to be enlightened and etc. But we witness it. Mm-hmm. We uh, you know and. Jackson Katz, K-A-T-Z. He has a good piece where he talks about people always say how many women were raped one year, you know, in a year. And he says the verbiage really should be how many men were raping women that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's language. It mm-hmm. is language. It's mm-hmm. language and who is responsible for, you mm-hmm. know. My cousin was just harassed on a train uh, coming back from Manhattan. And the first question that people said to her was, well, what were you wearing? And she was appalled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, but, you know. It doesn't matter. No. <laughs> and she's a mid-40s mom, you know. Mm-hmm. She could be wearing whatever she wants. Right, um, right. But the conductor was very nice and ended up throwing the guy off the train. And I said, why did he have to throw him off the train? She said, because what if he followed me off the train and then I'm alone in the parking lot? Like, we just right. don't even think about the next step. The progression. Mm-hmm. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's it, it it's not a big stretch on, uh, on these things progress. Mm-hmm. Um so, um, I just thought that was interesting. That was actually signed off on wow. by yeah. nine board members mm. in a contract. That, that there was likely going to be four or more incidents. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not chump change. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of money you're talking about. For maybe. us, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe not for him. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, so, anyway, now we're just going to, first we're going to do some tweets, our favorite tweets. These some of these may be repeats, Leslie. Yeah, I apologize, okay. but um, I'll still laugh. I love people who just do these offbeat tweets, and um, we're just going to go through. These are just tweets from the from the Tweeterverse or whatever it is. I guess I prefer Subway because they make me feel like I'm making the healthy decision when I order a loaf of bread with 18 meatballs on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to do this one uh, if you. Hurt your leg, you can use the frozen veggies at Whole Foods as ice packs for free. Hold on, I'm getting an update from the manager. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
How much for the horse tornado, sir? That's a carousel. I must have it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd like to return this pack of gum. They taste awful. Sir, those are (laughs) Band-Aids. Oh, I'd like to return these Band-Aids. Someone ate some. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate when I'm running on a treadmill treadmill for half an hour and look down, and I see it's been four minutes. (laughs) That is true. And lastly, um, me checks Facebook and sees my fourth grade girlfriend has liked my hot chocolate recipe share. Me. I knew she'd come crawling back to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Well, that's all we have, the time we have for the Hartford Edge. Thanks everyone for listening and thank, talk to you all next week. (laughs) 